Hey, everybody, you're listening to Beyond 1894, uh, the official podcast of Louisiana Tech University. We are joined here today by Dr. Bill McCumber from the College of Business. He is the Associate Dean of Graduate Programs and Research, as well as a finance professor over there in the Cobb. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for uh, braving the storm to be with us here. Uh, it's kind of a crazy day in Ruston. We've had some some nasty weather. Right. All the all the school kids were freaking out in the hallways. Uh, all the teachers were texting each other. And thankfully, it was only a few minutes. And because it was such a non-event, this will be quickly forgotten, thankfully. Yes, thankfully. So let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the College of Business, what's happening in the finance program. It's one of the many shining stars in the College of Business, but the Raise Trading Room and the Student Managed Investment Fund, right? Um, SMIF for short. Yeah, um, you'd think we could come up with something better than the Smith. The Smith? That's, that's what we got. But it's fun to say, right? You can say, you can talk it about is. the Smith. So tell us about the Smith um, and sort of how it functions and, and the benefit that it brings to the students that get to take part in it. Sure thing. Well, first I'll say that the, the Student Managed Investment Fund is not just for finance students, although obviously if you're a finance geek, you're going to be drawn to that kind of activity anyway. Uh, but we've had, we've had engineers, we've had computer science kids, we've had economists, accountants, I mean, across the College of Business. They really just have to have taken enough finance classes in corporate and investments to know what a stock and a bond is. And then if they, uh, if they can really give me more than one quarter, then I am going to use that time to train them to be professional institutional money managers. They, uh, in fact, this, this year, uh, the students are taking as part of the class the first FINRA, that's the SEC certification, Okay to be professional money managers. That's the securities essentials or securities industry essentials exam. Fairly new exam. Right, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they manage uh, institutional money, obviously, on, on behalf of the endowment. They uh, So, yeah, so real money. So right? real money, mm-hmm. yes. They, they learn very quickly what it means to be fiduciarily responsible for someone else's money, for the client's money. Uh, which is especially interesting given all the volatility of the markets lately, uh, since really since the fund dropped its first tickets, its first trades in, I believe, February of 2018. It has been a wild ride in the markets, I'm sure. If, you, uh, if you've heard anything, it's trade wars and, mm-hmm. and COVID and pandemics and supply chains and all kinds of nonsense. The war in Ukraine certainly has affected markets as well. And these students at you know, 19, 20, 21 are having to deal with things in a professional manner that, frankly, uh, a large portion of the professional investment industry really has not had to do in, in many years. So they're... They're in the thick of it with some people who it's it's new to everyone in a way, but these students are just sort of finding their footing while at the same time trying to grow this portfolio in this fund. Right, and the the re- the really cool thing is how much care they take. Uh, they're on Discord. We have a twenty four seven text chat going mm-hmm. on. Uh, they're throwing news items in there that uh, you know immediately would affect what's going on in the portfolio at the same time that they're responsible for not being traders, but being investment managers, right? Uh, Because something bad happens doesn't mean that there's a trade triggered. It means we take note of it and decide if this is a long-term issue for the overall health of the portfolio. They've been very prudent. I'm super excited about them. And 
even during this very turbulent time, they're they're up a real. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> I heard that they're, they're really turning well. a profit. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the goal, I guess, is right. It's to help these students sort of find their way in this in this industry in this career path that they may potentially take. But also, they are managing a portfolio with real money, like you said. Absolutely. So when there's growth happening. I mean, does it just go right back into the portfolio and just they can just continue to build it and build as much as they can? So it's sort of just right. Constant. So it is. We don't have any uh, set in stone obligations for that money. It's supposed to grow and outlive all of us, mm-hmm. hopefully. Uh, at some point, we're still fairly early on in in the life of the fund, but at some point, obviously, that fund will maintain all of its own costs their professional data costs in the tens of thousands of dollars per year. And that's just for the feeds that are coming from the trading floors and the news around the globe and things like that. Uh, let alone, you know, fancy computers and monitors and upgrades. And uh, eventually, it, once we are purely through the pandemic and, mm-hmm. and the fund has grown a little bit more, I would very much like to start taking these students to the trading floors of Chicago and New York or Dallas. So, you know, let's meet some institutional money managers out there. Let's see let's see what it looks like in the wild as well. Yeah, and then that's going to be something to meet those people out there and put those students in front of them and say, hey, these guys have grown a portfolio over yeah. this. So like, they're, they're not going to know just looking at these, at these people and think that, but then they're going to meet these students and they'll have experience to bring to these people right away. Street cred. Yeah, right? street so, cred. Uh, that, the really interesting thing, too, is that there's been so much alumni support for the Student Managed Fund that there's an incredibly professional and experienced group of wealth managers, uh, uh, risk assessors, pure pros. I think amongst them, they must, golly, they must uh, manage about a billion dollars wow. or more uh, themselves. And these folks, uh, you know, during COVID would zoom in. Uh, for these annual reports, but we meet at least once every year for the students to report as to the fund's positions, performance, risk profile to the people who really know what they're doing, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, as they've been wonderful advisors and incredible network. And many of our students wind up going to work for, if not them, then people that they, they know and can vouch for. Yeah. Yeah. With that street cred that we mentioned, just building up. Yeah. Not just building a portfolio. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so talking a little bit more, uh, in about the college of business. Mm-hmm. So as I mentioned up top, you're the associate Dean of graduate programs and research. How long has that been part of your role? That's a thing that started a colleague very recently. Right. Um, I think officially it was, I don't know, June of last year. So it's been less than a year and wow, it's gone fast. I, there's so much good stuff happening at the college of business. I'm frankly just happy to be a part of it somehow. Uh, you know, last time I looked, I thought I thought it was Thanksgiving-ish, and now here it is. Uh, right. <laughs> almost I think April. everyone feels that way. Wow. Uh, gosh. So, yes, the MBA program has grown uh, almost 80% in the last couple of years. Part of that was that we have begun to be recognized for the quality of the online program as well. So we have students from all over the globe now coming to the College of Business virtually at the same time that uh, obviously COVID hit. So you could say, well, geez, you know, it was it was a COVID bump, right? Not only have we retained those numbers, but we continue to grow, which is really exciting mm-hmm. as the word and the rankings have gotten out there. 
So the online MBA program is robust. It's growing. Uh, I'm excited to uh, to say that the faculty have really rallied behind those programs, the graduate programs, and are offering new electives for the MBA program. There's you know, everything from uh, forensic accounting and fraud detection to uh, digital marketing, social media presence, uh, advanced financial data analytics. Mm. You know, it's it's a lot. And at the for students who are on campus in person, they the MBA students are also invited to have a concentration within the MBA which would be a couple extra courses to really round right. out a specific area. We are getting to the place where we're going to be offering similar concentrations online, but you understand what a what an investment that is in terms of time, talent, human resources, mm-hmm. uh, because we have to be able to develop and deliver and keep updated the highest quality video on demand and asynchronous learning uh, available globally. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a tall order and we have a talented crew, but apparently there's only 24 hours in a day. Still. Right. Uh yeah, it's it, you can't just add a concentration or add a a program to a to a to a degree. It just there's a lot that goes into there's it, right? There's an awful lot that goes into it, but we're we're getting there. Right. Um so another thing that's been um recent to the College of Business has been the School of Banking. That's correct. Um, you can talk a little bit about that if you'd like, because that's a special deal. Yeah, this is a new thing that uh, it, it will kick off officially the first week of June this year. Uh, there has been a graduate school of banking at LSU for years and years. And what that school does is bring in bank executives that have you know a decade or more of experience to train them up to be the next CEOs of those banks. The... Bank folks, the bank CEOs, and network we have uh, in in Texas and Arkansas, all over Louisiana, Mississippi, made it very clear to us that there was there was a piece missing. A lot of people kind of fall into banking. A lot of us just fall into our first jobs, right? right? It was <laughs> like we got it at the time, a little bit, uh, a little bit, uh, we'll say, uncommitted to any particular uh, sure. career path. But very often, the the higher-ups in any organization are going to identify those people they really would like to groom and keep and advance. So the School of Banking at Louisiana Tech is going to be meant for bankers who are still fairly new in their careers, three, four, five years, Mm -hmm. where the upper-level folks running the banks recognize the talent, the drive, the ambition, the vision of people who are thinking of banking as, well, this is my job for now. And we're that school of banking is going to help them realize that this is really a career. Uh, train them up across the different banking operations, back office, front office, uh, loan portfolio, risk assessments, regulation, uh, gosh, the, the whole thing. Um, we're also very excited that, and the banks are excited, that one of the foci of the School of Banking is going to be a focus on fintech and innovation and where where technology is really changing uh, or at least invading the space of what what is considered traditional banking functions. Everyone gets excited about fintech, but it's, a, it's an evolutionary process. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm old enough to remember that when you <laughs> wanted money out of a bank, you had to go stand in line <laughs> and talk to Gladys and fill out a little uh, slip of paper and she would you know go to your account. And... I remember when 
ATMs, or we call them Macs, so money access centers. That <laughs> that verbiage has has faded away. ATMs okay, I don't still think a I've thing. ever heard that. Okay. Yes, yeah, so automated <laughs> teller machines. It's like you know Sony and and VHS and Betamax. Sure. Uh, anyway, so everyone was convinced way back then that, of course, that was going to end the banking industry as well. Well, banks are still around. They're doing just fine. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but an understanding of how fintech is both part of banking and not part of banking is something that banks very much want to know about and how to integrate with and innovate with. Uh, they'll coexist and and. There will be banks that will be heavily invested in fintech technologies. There will be fintechs that don't ever really want to be banks and, and everything in between. So we're excited about that. Give some examples of, of fintech. Well, it's kind of – it is a broad term. Mm-hmm. Okay, so fintech obviously is uh, short for financial technologies. Mm-hmm. For example, uh, it's, and it's been around for a long time, but things like – PayPal. Mm-hmm. You know, some, or, some, so, what are some newer some newer things like? Gosh, uh, Acorn, Robinhood, right. that thing I used at utility today that allows me to pay my ticket with a with a Q code or whatever mm-hmm. that is scanner. All cool stuff. All fintech. You know, anything right, that processes okay. payments, or you can apply for financial services or a loan, or you could make a stock trade. You could do so much on your phone, and all of that is is to be considered fintech. So it's a broad term and it encompasses a lot. It really is. I I think what is most concerning to the banking industry are services that essentially replicate uh, the to the to the best that they can the personal uh, lending solutions, right? So if I want to start a business, I'm going to go to my friends at the banks and say, look, this is the project I'm trying to do. Let's think this through. Do you think this is something you can help me with? I'm I could do that in Ruston, mm-hmm. right? It's harder to do in the big cities. The, uh, the the bigger the city, the more impersonal a lot of these services get, and that's really where fintech comes in, right? So do you want to do you want to sit down with a banker who is going to help you think through and find a good solution, or does it make more sense to to put in your social security number and twenty seconds later on your phone have eight loan offers, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't know. <laughs> and and, True, and yeah. it depends, like everything else, it depends. So you, that area, since that is still the bulk of banks' businesses, they take deposits and they make loans. Mm-hmm. So to the extent that tech is going to encroach on that territory, banks are, are going to want to do it as well or better using fintech tools themselves. I would imagine that all the bankers themselves are using fintech all the time mm-hmm. right from a from a consumer standpoint what we want to make sure that the the next generation of bank leaders has is a thorough understanding of how these things actually not from a technical standpoint mm-hmm. we're not going to teach them to write code right but you know what are the strengths and weaknesses what are, what are the opportunities where can they take some of those technologies and bring their own personal relationship into these products, uh, I would I would much rather uh, have a you know I don't even know what they're called Venmo or something like that that is is branded with my bank, you know because that's where my relationships are. But we'll we'll see we'll get there. Yeah, like, and like you said, it's not black and white. <laughs> Who right? knows, man? It's yeah. it, it's uh, it's fast changing and it's cool. We we want people to understand what the forces are and and where the opportunities to innovate might be. And it makes um, finance and banking 
just more accessible to just the general population. Sure, right? absolutely. So, uh, it, it blows my students' minds to to understand that the iPhone first was available in what two thousand six. That was yesterday, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So a little bit of perspective in history is uh, is important. And as they grow in their careers, they're going to look back and think, well, gosh, I wish, you know. So change, change is the only constant, mm-hmm. right? And to be able to understand what the broader pressures or strategies or opportunities are, the more nimble they're going to be over their careers. Makes sense. We, going back, we, we mentioned your new-ish role um, <laughs> as right. uh, Associate Dean of Graduate yep. Programs. Um, so tell us about kind of how that came to be, but also how you, how, how'd you end up at tech? Uh, that I, how I came at tech, it's a, it's a boring story. Uh, I was, I grew up in uh, Western New York and I spent my early, well, my early years outside of Buffalo, uh, went to college in Philadelphia. And as soon as I left for college, I was in big cities uh, for many, many years, uh, Philadelphia, uh, Dallas, mm-hmm. It has there has to be a woman involved? Obviously, I met <laughs> I met my wife. Uh, I love her to death. She I met her in Dallas. She has family all through Northwest Arkansas and Louisiana. Uh, and as this recovering Yankee got more and more used to the Ozark Mountains, Southern drawl, and and actual politeness, uh, the more I wanted to stay. Right. So I wound up getting my doctorate at uh, the University of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loved it there. Great program. Uh, went on the market after they tried to, you know, Arkansas was apparently done with me. I graduated. And uh, we go on the market like you do in academia. And Louisiana Tech was, was kind enough to give me an offer. And it was a, it was a no-brainer. So got here in uh, 2013. And I must admit, when we first got here, coming from, you know, Fayetteville and before that, Dallas, mm-hmm. there was a little bit of a "My God, what have I done?" kind of, kind of moment. And then the the goodness of this community just, man, it grows on you. This is this is a great place. It's, uh, my family would kill me if we tried to leave at this point. Uh, we are fully ingrained, love it here, um, and you know it's it's one of the, what's that old uh, euphemism or phrase you. Uh, you, you grow where you're planted, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Okay, cool. Uh, and if I'm going to be here for a good long time, then let's make this place as great as it can be. Uh, and that that takes everyone working together to do that. How did the, the associate dean happen? Um, whew, you got me, man. I think... Uh, <laughs> I, I think I was maybe one of a couple who didn't run screaming the other direction from an administrative role. I was like, well, yeah, we could, okay, we can do that. <laughs> There's some opportunities to make things better mm-hmm. and cool, uh, and I could I could do things with it, some things positively without having to ask permission. Cool, sign me up. I'll I'll do that. So what you're so what you're saying is you have reached a point in your life where if you can see your neighbor's house through your window. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's it's a little upsetting, you know, because you this country life is is, is baked into you a little I'll bit. I'll tell you what, we got you know, in in the Dallas area, you get real excited if you have a you know a quarter acre, mm. and now I am seriously annoyed that I can see my neighbor's house through the trees. Uh, 
we uh, we shoot <laughs> things, critters, when we have to shoot things. Uh, apparently, uh, you know, I, two years ago, I would have laughed at the suggestion. But <laughs> during the pandemic, now, you know, I have a really nice chicken coop and a flock of chickens and, uh, you know. You got to be kidding me. Anyway, I was about to say, <laughs> but, wow, just yeah. compl- a complete overhaul, it, right? It, it really is. It really is. I, I enjoy. I, you know, I have a big city fix once in a while, and we get to travel for this or that conference. But at the end of that conference, I'm ready to come home. <laughs> Thanks very much. Yeah, yeah. I um, I was born and raised in a very small Louisiana town. Went to high school in in a small town. Graduated with like 26 kids wow. in my high school. Yeah. So Ruston to me is like a big city, even though it's really <laughs> not it. right. So yeah. Um, I, I'm sort of, I guess, get what you mean, but the inverse of it. You mm-hmm. know? Absolutely. So, um, and what, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it affects the way that you're able to observe the industry and the growth of your industry, but in a way also not. So like city versus country, mm-hmm. New York versus Louisiana. I mean, right. like what, how does that affect sort of the way you approach your career or does it? Well, I, I think we all carry with us whatever whatever collection of perspectives uh mm. it, and it helps inform what you do certainly so seeing the big lights and the ticker tape and you know going to the world trade center and all of that kind of stuff that that experientially um broadens your viewpoint as to what finance looks like i guess in in my case and being here and working with very talented students and faculty, it is very clear that there is no separation of talent or ability. What is, what is lacking is simply the experience. So let's do things in the mm-hmm. College of Business or across the university that gives them that experience. Uh, you know, we have students now working all over the globe uh, and that's super exciting. Mm-hmm. I mean, why not, right? Um, I think small town folks tend to uh, obviously they know they know everybody in town, but the the worldview tends to be a little smaller right. than people who grew up, you know, on a block with as many people or as in Ruston, all speaking different languages. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just a different place to start. So. I fully appreciate a big city life and history, and I love I love doing that. But what I have been very thankful for and take enormous joy in is helping students realize that the world is bigger than North Louisiana, uh, and the decisions they make and the information they have is just as good as what is out there. You know, so. Let's train them up. Let's yeah. let's get some let's get some experience. Let's enter some competitions. Let's confirm that uh, they're just as good as everybody else, if not better. Because you know what? And on top of on top of the smarts and the decision making, and now increasingly the technical skills and data visualization and, and analytic ability, and you name it, uh, they have good hearts. Right? Mm. These are these are good, hardworking people in this area. And man, I I love it. It's fantastic. It's an incredible resource, and I think it's underappreciated. Right, because I know a lot of people, um, when they think, I guess, finance and banking and this and that, they imagine just the hustle and bustle and the trading room floor and, and like you said, the ticker yeah, tape. Yeah, well, shows everything. like Billions is not helping us. At yeah. All. <laughs> so what's what's a show that that is, you know, show or a movie? What's your favorite? I guess 
Do you have one? Okay, this is this is so silly. <laughs> I, well, I don't watch. I, I watched the first, most of the first season of Billions, and decided that I was too close to that already, mm-hmm. and just didn't. It was not entertaining for <laughs> sure. me. Like I pretty much wanted to punch somebody in the screen. Uh, but I tell students all the time, this is going to be a little weird. The absolute best uh, educational tidbit in a movie Mm -hmm. about what financial services really is is the scene in it's a wonderful life okay where jimmy no just bear with me here (laughs) i'm here so so uh character uh gosh what's his name that's ridiculous i've seen it a hundred bailey george bailey right george bailey is is trying to stop a bank run this was of course before fdic insurance and uh pre-great depression all this kind of stuff um but he's trying to explain to very panicked people who want their money out of their banks before it's all gone that that's not how banking works right there isn't there isn't a vault with everybody's money in the back there's a drawer mm-hmm. right. <laughs> with some bills in it, but the money went to buy this guy's home. You've gone to you know school with this guy for 20 years. This guy over here, you know, it went into his business, and you shop there, and that help, puts food on the table, and it stays in the community, right? So the the best banking movie I've ever seen is not Wolves of Wall Street or uh, the was that Michael Kirk Michael Douglas or whatever mm-hmm. uh, Wall Street stuff or. Uh, or billions, or any of that. It's 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 a wonderful life. Interesting. That's that's the great majority of financial services right there. Not not the glitz and the glamour and the Bernie Madoffs. Did you know this is ridiculous? I was thinking about this yesterday. Um, that financiers, according to Dante, Dante, you know Dante's Inferno. Right. Uh, financiers are in the seventh circle of hell. Yep. Right. So, and I think that's you know. That's a public perso- per, uh, perception for the Bernie Madoffs of the world. In fact, uh, Dante's uh, financier was the Bernie Madoff of his day that fleeces people and takes advantage and all that kind of stuff. Whereas the great, great majority of financial services is George Bailey. Gotcha. So uh, do you think there's maybe a public perception on financial services as maybe, you know, big banks and big banks are too big to fail. Yeah. And we, and we crashed the entire financial system. Yeah. Well, we did. Sorry about that. But, uh, financial, I mean, financial services by and large, they provide liquidity f- to allow us to do things that we want to do. Part of the problem in America is that just because we can, we should probably think about if we should, right? Do a, if I'm making $50,000 a year and I can get a half a million dollar mortgage, should I, right? right? And that was that was really uh, a large part of, of how we got to the financial crisis overall, just the extension of easy credit to people who were more and more on shaky ground, right? But I think there is a perception, and obviously, you know, it's all over the media every day, mm-hmm. and there's a there's a there's a bias against it. Somehow, uh, people are taking being taken advantage of by the big bad universal banks and uh, those crazy stock market people and shows shows like billions. Mm-hmm. It's sexy but dangerous apparently yeah. <laughs> uh, to be to be a financier. Where again, I, there's there's just a fundamental disconnect on some level. Um, 
where was that? Remember the Occupy Wall Street thing? Sure. A million years ago now? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Occupy Wall Street was, was a group of uh, social activists who camped out uh, on Wall Street with signs, you know, banks are bad or whatever, or whatever it was. Uh, and, you know, big corporations are taking advantage of the people. <laughs> you look at the – someone did us the favor – uh, I'll have to find it and send it out there. Someone does the favor of taking a picture of that group and then just identifying all the ridiculously expensive products that they had on them while they were protesting. All of that uh, was made possible by big business, innovation, and finance. So, <laughs> a little perspective. Right. Again. Yeah. Um so, yeah, so like you're saying, a lot of it comes down to just money management, not just on an individual level, but a nationwide level just as a, as a society, right? I, I think one of, the, one of the big problems with uh, the way the world works in America is a lack of financial literacy, just basic financial literacy. They need to be teaching this stuff I was about to say, it's school. not taught, right. So. No, we don't talk about it. It's like the big mystery. But everybody in America uh, – is going to have to pay bills and hopefully have a checking account uh, and have to make trade-offs. Um, sometimes a lot of these trade-offs are unfortunate. Sometimes it's food or beds, right? Uh, sometimes it's investment or Lamborghini and everything in between. So, but just understanding how a loan works, you know, how, how a credit card works, what interest rates are you getting charged on those instruments? would shock and appall lots of people but they exist because people want them yeah because people are signing up people are <laughs> right clicking you, those ads i mean for heaven's sake there would be no there would be no uh payday lending charging on an annualized basis an unbelievable interest rate if there wasn't a huge market and demand for it. I mean, they, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, whether or not you agree with the product or service that mm -hmm. any business is offering, it only exists because people want it. If it didn't, ex if people didn't want it, it would go away. No market. Right. So, you know, name, name your thing. Mm -hmm. uh, people, are, people must be buying it if, if people are, if it exists at all. That's true. That's very true. Well, the good thing about, um, the students uh, at Louisiana Tech is they are going to learn that financial literacy, especially. I'm going to beat it into their heads. Exactly. Especially these Smith students, right? I'll tell gonna... you what, my soapbox is pretty high once in a while. I have to climb off it, <laughs> especially intro finance for uh, for undergraduates, man. that's Because uh, it's usually their first it and is. sometimes only finance class, it's Sometimes right? the only. Sometimes they wait till the last minute because, you know, there's math and stuff, and that can be scary. Mm -hmm. It's your only chance to – to shake it into them, right? <laughs> really, that's a, and I'll, I'll take it. I'm I'm of the age now where I fully embrace the uh, the frustrated old man persona as as necessary. Well, that's great. I mean, sometimes sometimes it helps you get your point across. I'm sure <laughs> it does. Maybe a little less cool, but whatever. I don't know. I think uh, um, as a um, Cobb graduate myself, I think you have a reputation as being somewhat of the a cool finance professor. Well, if that makes cool. you feel any better, Thanks, so. man. So thanks again for being with us here today, Bill. Very much my pleasure. It's been fun. Really appreciate it. Um, lots of great things happening in the College of Business. Um, don't forget to check out our show notes. Um, we'll have links to um, the College of Business website and some of the specifics there. Um, once again, this is Beyond 1894. Thanks again for being here. 
Thanks for having me. All right. We'll see you next time. Next time. Thank you for listening to Beyond 1894. Please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about this episode, check out our show notes. Beyond 1894 is produced by Louisiana Tech University's Office of University Communications.